Ah, hey, Islanders, you're listening to Breakfast on the Bridge, the featured morning show of KMIH 88.9 The Bridge, bringing you a smoldering serving of local sports, news, and talk on the island. Grab a plate, grab your cutlery, and enjoy the show. Good morning! Woo! Good morning. That was such a fake <laughs> woo. I'm Kate Lettington. I'm Sid Straff. I'm Annabelle Hegarty. And welcome to the very first Breakfast on the Bridge of the school year of 2023-2024. Woo! Woo! Okay. <laughs> kind of I need us to stop with the woos. <laughs> okay, okay. No more woos. No more woos. Um, He's turning into a woo girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. I mean, it's it's really exciting to be back. Yeah. Yeah. Sid and I hosted the first Breakfast on the Bridge last year, and so we decided to do it again and invited little Kate Lettington with us. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I, I had to resist the urge to woo again, but... <laughs> It is there. There it's real. As Annabelle said yesterday, I'm an I'm an honor honorary senior according to her, so I'll take that. I don't think I said that. You did say that. Think- you literally said that yesterday. I think Ellie said that. Okay, then it was Ellie. Never mind. But somebody said that. Shout out to Ellie Sadler. The person who actually likes me on this great pitch. I'm sitting so much. They I'm exiled kidding. me to my own room. I I'm feeling I'm feeling hated. Not gonna lie. Well, it was a revolution because we love you. We love you. Live, laugh, love, Annabelle. Okay, let's get into it, guys. So, first off, I mean, the summer, summer recap time. So, I wasn't personally at this, but I know that breakfast, I mean, not breakfast on the bridge, the bridge absolutely slayed um, Seafair. So, do you guys want to talk a little bit about that? Because you guys were actually there. Sure. So, I was there on the last day of Seafair, which is the biggest day. Um, it was very exciting. We got to see the final hydroplane races, and then we even got to interview the winner. So that was very exciting. And unfortunately, I was recovering from a Taylor Swift concert, <laughs> and so I had like 50% of a voice. Um, and I was supposed to be there the day before, but I had 20% of a voice, and so I didn't go. So I, so I didn't really talk on the air too much, but I tried to help out where I could and organize stuff. But it was very fun. Um, and definitely an improvement on the year before, 2022, because we were actually down in the pits, which was very exciting because we could have a lot more foot traffic going by us instead of being one of the tables in the park area, which is still very cool, but um, definitely a much better location this year. Yeah, I think Seafair just we had we had so much to like offer this year. We we did we did so much like cool stuff, and it was it was just a it was just a really fun experience, honestly um go going around and like we were like right there in front of the water and like we could see everything unfolding it was it, it was it was just so cool and i just have to re- reiterate everything that annabelle said i mean i was only there for the last day as well uh but yeah i i yeah it was really cool yeah it looked really fun i unfortunately could not be there because i was in the middle of the woods um at camp but it looked really fun and i, I hopefully next year i will be able to partake as well and and join you guys we have like a we had um eighty nine the bridge had an award winning summer overall like we were it was very exciting we got should I should I do this one? okay yeah yeah okay <laughs> um so this is a little bit of a self promo what I'm about to do but um we had 
um, four New York Times podcast winners from our class. And for those of you who don't know the New York Times podcast award, you, there's over, I think there was a, over 1,100 entries around the world for our age group. Um, and they're like five-minute podcasts. And um, four of us won, which was really cool. Um, Maggie um, Bloom won for a pod, um, this really awesome podcast on the fentanyl um, crisis. Um, Sam Pador won. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, me and um, Ren Novak, who is a senior who graduated last year, we won for a podcast on the history of the Fremont Troll. And Elise McDonald um, was an honorable mention. So it was a very exciting summer. And then some other exciting nominees is John John Drury nominees for the John Drury Awards. Um, we had a bunch. Um, should I should I shout out all the names? Yes. Sophia cool. Loisel, Sam Pador, Maya, um, Tara McKinn, um, Dylan Shobe and Gil McDonald, Annabelle Hagerty and Sophia Izano, Grace Go Go and, and Tully. Udovich, um, AJ, AJ Monhaus, um, Noah Perlman, and Max Hughes, and then Joe Bryant all got nominated. Yeah, and, and those awards will be given out pretty soon, I'm sure. Uh, last year, we went to, a few of us went to Chicago, which is where they're held. Yeah, so pretty think, early on in the year. I yeah, think. yeah, it was in October last year. Yeah, wasn't yeah. it over homecoming weekend? Yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Um, so those should be announced Fairly soon. It's yeah. going to be November 4th, so yeah, not too far from now. Very exciting. Yes. Well, I'm sure we'll update you on, yeah. on those results. And last but not least, award-wise, um, for the NPR Podcast Award, um, Grace Go won, which is very exciting. So we had a very we had a very successful summer here at 88.9 The Bridge. You're listening to a very uh, well, well, well-awarded well <laughs> radio station right now. You should be really... <laughs> You're listening to you an award-winning station. You're listening to an award-winning radio station, guys. You know, it's high class over here. Yeah, and those New York Times podcasts you will hear throughout both the 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. hours of Breakfast on the Bridge today. So make sure to stay tuned because you will be able to hear award-winning radio right here on Breakfast Ooh, on the Bridge. Exciting! Wow. Okay, so now I want to hear about your guys' summers. What, what's the highlight? Give, give me some highlights. Let's hear it. Ooh. I mean, Annabelle, you want to go? Okay. I mean, I had, like, a lot of great things happen this summer. I got... So this is kind of the end of last school year. We got a puppy, and <sighs> Sid met him at some of the radio events. I want to meet him. He did. Um, he's so cute. He's so cute, and he's just, like... <laughs> Oh, my, he's probably listening with like my, my mom right now. And hi, Sit. Um, and we, <laughs> so obviously, I'm like enamored with him. And then also, I went to Taylor Swift twice, and so that has to be a highlight. Obviously, um, yeah, yeah. And so that was amazing and an unforgettable experience. Sid, what is your summer highlight? Um, my summer highlight was, uh, I think honestly, I did I did this like internship with KUW called Radioactive, and it was a really cool, fun endeavor into radio outside of 88.9 The Bridge, and it was really cool, like, the stuff that, like, we learn in the station and how we brought it in there and how we, like, expanded on, like, making podcasts and, make and like, editing and telling a story and, it, and just that with, like, with, like, maybe, like, I think it was, like, 18 or, yeah, 18 other kids. It was just, like, such a great environment. And yeah, I really enjoyed that so much. That's so cool. Um, I guess I can go. Um, this summer, I 
did a two-month um, leadership program at my summer camp that I've been going to since I was 11. So it's like basically it's the like summer between um, being a camper and being on staff. So it's leader and training and you learn how to be a counselor, how to be an instructor, like all sorts of things. Um, and it was just overall like so fun. I got to be on like two different cabins and work with like I worked with like nine-year-old boys, I was on a cabin with them, and then I worked with like twelve-year-old um, girls. I was on a cabin with them. It was great. I got to go on a six-day canoe trip um, in Algonquin Park in Ontario, which was so cool. Um, it was just overall really great summer. Um, I I'm a big camp kid, so <laughs> I, I had a good time. But sounds like we all had a great summer. Yes. And the high school also made some great improvements over the summer, including Miss Kenyon's Career Center, which you'll hear about now from Dylan Shobe. Attention class of 2024, this is your host Dylan Shobe on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. And the fall is a fun time at MIHS. You have all the school spirit, but a thing kind of left in the dark and is stressful in the minds of all seniors is college apps and career exploring post high school in your life. If you need help on that, Tuesday and Thursdays, all of September, during both lunches, outside the counseling department, the Career Hub with Miss Kenyon is available. So if you need help with essays, naviance, online applications, college exploring, or anything else to help you get through this process and stressful time during your senior year, make sure to stop by the Career Hub outside the counseling department during both lunches, Tuesday and Thursdays, all of September. Have a lovely one on 88.9 The Bridge. This is your host, Dylan Show. That sounds very nice. I mean, you guys you guys are seniors, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, sounds very helpful, personally. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, you know, I'm sure that that's a little bit more applicable for you guys this year. Uh, how, how have college applications and, and all that stuff been going for you guys? Oh, I have a meeting with my college counselor today. Um, <laughs> me too, actually. Yeah, meetings. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a big task, but honestly, if you balance it well, it should be fine. I think yeah. it's the hardest part is going to be the beginning of the school year, just trying to get everything in as well as like starting school, getting homework and all that stuff as well. So that will be difficult, but I'm sure we'll get through it. I 100 percent agree. I feel like there's there's just so much work on the front end, which you just need to you need to be proactive about it. You can't set it aside because I think what I've been trying to do is I've been I have like way too many supplementals to write. Um, So I've been trying to like take it on like one at a time, like throughout summer and like just like and like get it done in like a more manageable way. Yeah. That said, I'm also, like, the type of person who likes to critique my writing a lot. <laughs> like, my own stuff. I just, like, look at it. I've, like, written a full essay, and then I'm like, you know what? This just is not what I wanted, and then I scrap it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fun thing about supplementals is, like, when you take, like, um, like something that you've, like, deleted, and you can just, like, plop it into another essay because it's the same prompt. It's so fun because yeah. I, I, like, feel like I've cheated the system. <laughs> Uh, but I have it because and I still have like mission officers. You heard it here first. The drop is cheating. <laughs> college. I'm kidding, you guys. I'm kidding. Don't cancel the drop. Please don't cancel. He deserves me. to get into your school. <laughs> no, guys. I, whenever I think about the fact that you guys are graduating this year, it makes me sad. I, I've I, I've grown very attached to the class of um, 2024. Um, and Aww. you know, I'm gonna be really sad next year when I'm when I'm the oldest person here. Yeah, it's definitely a very strange thing. <laughs> The senior, like at the assembly on Friday, 
chanting senior power and oh just my even God. being in the senior section was so strange and it was the first time because when we were freshmen we never had assemblies in the gym mm-hmm. uh i don't think maybe we had one on the field but i don't even think that so we had never been able to see the faces of the drill team and the cheer team they were always having her back to us and so we finally got to see their faces that was exciting yeah, for me at that's least true. <laughs> i'm excited to be able to see their faces yeah. again it's a strange thing to notice but you know <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I mean, the school has been making like so many important improvements, um, and yeah, I mean, there there been there have been so many cool improvements, like the career hub. We've had so many cool new systems, and there's just like so much in like uh, like so much going on in our yeah. school community. So let's, so yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the one of the cool things that I've personally seen, right. um, I guess. Okay, I feel like the price of a, like a lot of stuff are like going up a little mm-hmm. bit. Like I I remember buying my ASB card mm-hmm. um during the, during the thing and it was like it was like 70 something dollars. I was like, "Oh, oh my, my goodness." Yeah, so I think that, that that's that's another thing that's going on. Um uh, I think <laughs> the the school the school the school is needing a little bit of funding and yeah. I mean and I think that the ASB cards has, has been yeah. a product of one of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I wonder what like other things are in the news. Yeah. I, so I think I think we have some. I think we have some news ready but, for us. Let's welcome Toli with the news. Hello, CamIH. I am Toli Odievich, and you're listening to CamIH 89 The Bridge. This is your news. Now, it is no secret that Google is one of the biggest companies in the world. The browser, Chrome, is often the default and preferred browser for users. Their suite, including Gmail, Docs, and Google Sheets, is one of the strongest competitors for Microsoft's Office 365 family of products. However, some have argued that Google has violated antitrust laws in regard to the implementation of their products. The trial, U.S. versus Google, is the biggest monopoly case since the Microsoft antitrust hearing 25 years ago. Starting today, the United States Justice Department will argue that Google has abused its monopoly status to negotiate deals that set Google Chrome and its product as the default in new devices, giving them a bit of an advantage, which technically does violate some laws. Now, North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un's train has crossed into Russia today and has been received by officials, marking the beginning of a summit between the two countries. This meeting could have huge implications for the Ukrainian war, U.S. officials have warned, as the two countries have been really friendly in the past and have negotiated arms deals. This event coincides with recent developments inside and out of Russia. As of late, it is unknown whether Un's train is where Un's train is headed, sorry, as to limited and heavily doctored press that has been released. Now, the U.S. has approved and updated COVID-19 vaccine policies today, hoping to rev up protection against the latest coronavirus strains. It's part of a shift to treat fight, uh, sorry, Fall updates of the COVID-19 vaccine, much like getting a yearly flu shot. The shot aims to eliminate strains of Omicron known as XBB.1.5, which has been stated as one of the most transmissible strains of the virus yet. Though it isn't in the majority of hospitalized patients, it has been chosen for the next rounds of vaccinations, with more to come. The fall round is cleared for adults and children as young as age 6 months for emergency cases. FDA said that starting at age five, most people can get a single dose even if they've never had a prior COVID-19 shot. This is CAMIH 88.9 The Bridge, now back to the music and conversation that spans generations. Thank you so much, Tolly. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of really cool stories that, that, that we just heard really relevant to our community. I mean, we have really heard, I mean, in the news, like just not, not even in the news, in our community, 
there have been like a lot of people like around us that have that that I know that have COVID again. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, it, it's really coming back. I can't miss another graduation. <laughs> oh my god. The eighth we okay. I'm still mad about the eighth grade graduation. I mean, it's not even that exciting, but we had a drive through. It was kinda sad. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I I think I think when I recount that, I remember I distinctly remember being in like a bad mood. When I was going through the drive-by, so like I know. my so, mom's like, "Are you sure you don't want to take a picture?" I was like, "I don't want to get out," so I just stayed in the car. Yeah, so I was like frowning in my photo. I was like, mm. "Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's a universal experience." Yeah. Yeah. Um, my eighth grade graduation happened on the field, um, and it was really weird because like basically we, have the, we had these note cards with our names, and they were all like written phonetically, and then we like walk up and hand them to the like MC, and he'd like say the names. Except he was like so bad at pronouncing all the names, and whenever he didn't know how to pronounce the name, he just start blowing into the mic he'd be like it'd be like he'd be like Sid (laughs) (laughs) so funny that there was like a technical difficulty and it was just like it was the weirdest thing ever and just like I don't know it was it was one of those things where it's like I don't I don't know that you guys missed much it kind of yeah (laughs) but I also didn't have a normal one so I don't know what a normal one would be like but I know the high school graduation, they have sometimes students doing it. Like, they switch off yeah. who's announcing, but I feel like it's kind of better with students because usually they know the people. Yeah. yeah. Um, Isn't yeah. it normally, like, the valedictorians or whatever? Like, I think the... it's, like, leadership it's... people. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's something like that. Yeah, but they normally have students saying the names. Yeah. I'd be so stressed out if I was that person. Yeah. Like, I'd be Seriously. so afraid to, like... Yeah, and I I'm, I remember reading a little bit about that Google story, and actually, I think this is actually a pattern that's been happening between big tech companies. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened with Microsoft not uh, not too long ago, and Microsoft did have to pay a lot did have to pay a lot for it and do a lot of restructuring because of like uh, because of like the same thing that Google's under fire for. So I'm I'm really interested to see how that'll turn out, and I mean you'll definitely hear more about it from our newscasts on 88.9. But I, it's it's just a really fascinating story yeah. to me. Yeah. And speaking, as we were earlier, about kind of community events, we've got a lot going on this week, especially yeah. on Thursday. Like, yeah, Thursday, Thursday is, a, is day. a crazy day. We have Beyonce yeah, coming. Yeah, Beyonce's performing. Which is huge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I wonder if they'll make a Beyonce quake <laughs> something quake. at Lumen Field, like the last few concerts there have. <laughs> Um, and that would be absolutely insane. And also with like some of the closures going on, I think that's just on the weekend. So yeah. hopefully she'll miss that, but yeah, it could be bad. Um, and then we have the Lake Ridge fall family picnic. So if and you go to Lake Ridge, 88 and the bridge will be there. So. That is true. I'll be there personally. So if you want to come meet me, I unfortunately will not be there because <laughs> Kate and other New York times podcast winners are going to be busy at the school board meeting on Thursday night being honored so she won't be there yeah yeah so <laughs> exciting <laughs> so let's see another new york podcast time winner elise mcdonald's on the history of snoqualmie so my father grew up in the state of new york and went to rensselaer rpi college in troy new york he was a civil engineer and he had a roommate that lived in tacoma so he came out here and kind of fell in love with the Northwest. This was the middle of the Depression. One day he was um, reading the, the New York Times, and uh, he found this article about someone in, in uh, New York had in, invented what they called the endless rope. 
1937, William Webb Moffat, my great-grandfather, installed the first automotive rope tow on Mount Rainier, quickly followed by the tows at Mount Baker and Snoqualmie Pass. Before that time, there was a hill that was owned by the the uh, city of Seattle. Well, the land is by the Forest Service, but they had at least they had at least to the city, and people would walk up the hill, and then with the rope tow, they could be go up on the rope tow. In the plan was in motion. With his degree in civil engineering in the breathtaking mountains of the Pacific Northwest, nothing could stop him. With what was at first just the single rope tow made from the engine out of his car turned into a full-on business. My mom ran the business end of the, of the uh, business and did all the PR and all the marketing. And uh, she ran the gift shop, did all the purchasing for that. And my dad, he was content to just to work on the outside with the rope toes and keep those going and building chairlifts and and uh, doing that part of the business. So it was a family business, and I have an older brother. My brother and I worked there from age 10 or 12 to 18 when we went off to, both of us went to school in California. So that uh, a family business. Then I stayed in California for 20 years and came back, as I mentioned, in 1980 to run it. With eight rope toes in use, Webb offered free ski lessons to all the ticket holders and organized the first ski patrol in the Northwest. He also introduced the concept of night skiing to the United States, which was and is currently the largest in the U.S., and engineered and built the first snow grooming equipment. With all of Webb's contributions, by the early 1950s, he had built the second largest ski area in the country. Eventually, the time came in 1980 when Webb passed down the family business to my grandpa, Dave Moffat, to run the two resorts along with his wife, Susan Moffat, and my mom, Kathy, and her brother, Steve. My first memory is coming up when I was like five years old and sitting with my grandmother, Gigi, selling tickets and working at the gift shop. And then when we moved here, um, when I was 10, I would work in mostly in the gift shop at Ski Acres, um, and my mom and, and dad would leave my little brother and I there together to sell hats and goggles and gloves. The now four ski resorts, Snoqualmie Summit, Ski Acres, Alpental, and Hayak, were soon to be renamed shortly after the family business was sold in 1997 to a man named George Gillette, the former owner of Vail and founder of Booth Creek Ski Holdings. When our family was approached about selling the business, I cried. We had just always been the Moffat family, the family that owned the ski resort, and then that identity was going to be changed. And I always thought that I would work there. I thought I would be the marketing director or the president or something. I thought I'd work there in the family business. Then I was happy because it gave so much joy, um, and I knew it was going into good hands, um, and I know that we would still be connected to the ski industry. Years later, in October of 2015, Dave co-founded the Washington State Ski and Snowboard Museum, along with Dolly and Hugh Armstrong, to continue the legacy on the same mountains where it all started. Not only was the creation of Snoqualmie Pass a turning point in the history of Washington State skiing, it is also a part of me. And me. And me. In the legacy my family has left behind, which has and will continue to impact skiing for the rest of time. Yeah. Wow. I am so excited for ski season to start. Me too. And you guys... Guess who we have here with us? Oh who do we gosh. have, Annabelle? We have, not only is she our producer this morning, 
She also created that amazing podcast. It's Elise McDonald. Hello, guys. <laughs> it's a very exciting morning. I'm super excited to be here. First morning show of senior year and of uh, like the school year in general. So I'm excited. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, I think that was that that was a really like touching personal story, but also something that has impacted almost everybody here. I, f- yeah. I feel like I can speak for everybody, for, for all four of us that like, we've probably been to Snoqualmie yes. at some point, yeah. <laughs> but I like, um... learned how to ski on Snoqualmie mountain. <laughs> I've actually never been there. But... Oh my God. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's a sign. It's treason. Okay. But it's because I don't know why actually I, I did learn how to ski in, in Tahoe. And so I didn't like, grow- I feel like, Fancy. I don't know. <laughs> It's because I lived in California. <laughs> we we got to take you out to Snoqualmie. Yeah. But anyways. Somebody please. <laughs> okay. I mean. I'm Elise- sorry to Elise and her family. <laughs> we forgive you. Thank <laughs> you. I mean, Elise, I mean, let, let's start, let's start off with like the big picture. What did it feel like to, uh, to, to like see your name, uh, on the New York Times website, like Elise McDonald? Um, it was definitely surprising, to say the least. Um, I think it's just because, not that the fact that I didn't think what I made was good, but, you know, you have this thing, it's like, I feel like everything I make, I try and put my most effort into it, so to finally have something recognized was pretty, pretty sweet, and also to have something to put on those college apps was, <laughs> was pretty good, too. Um, um, what was, like, the biggest struggle in creating this piece definitely cutting down the time because i had about 18 minutes of audio of my grandpa just like rambling and like i don't obviously it's hard because he doesn't really know how radio works but like i need to cut it at certain spots but like i feel like the talkative genes are just like from that side of the family (laughs) actually yeah it's also from his wife it's from everywhere anyways and so all talkative (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we are. We're a very talkative family. But I I tell you, like, I could not. It was impossible to find spots to cut it in. I don't know how I got it down to five minutes. That in itself was a miracle. So, <laughs> Okay. And um, give, me, give me a little bit about your inspiration. What made you, what made you want to create this? Um, I was, I mean, I was looking for topic ideas to make a package about. And I... I I mean I've done like projects on this in the past because I feel like it's a very uh, projectable thing if that's a word in that context. Um. Anyways, and I was like, you know, what? I've never done something about that, and I don't know. I feel like it's always been on my checklist. So I finally finally got down to it, and it came out great. Yep. I mean, you had a vision and you followed through and you got a New York Times podcast award. So thank you so much Woo! for joining us, Elise. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I mean, that podcast was honestly amazing. I mean, yeah. what do you guys have to say about it? I think it was I think it was really great. It was like it's a good like local story and it definitely like means a lot to people who've grown up here. And then it also just is like is a great like family story to hear and like it's cool to hear like the different perspectives of like you know, people who were actually there when it was, like, ha- all happening. Yeah. For sure. And I always love hearing those just because of how difficult it is to cut it down, like she was talking about, and also then making those five minutes kind of, like, the most interesting five minutes that you can possibly make them with, like, sound effects and different editing techniques and stuff like that. So it's always very interesting to 
hear those podcasts. Yeah, yeah, I think one of the one of the biggest things I actually learned at Radioactive was kind of just using sound effects. And we had this really cool day where we like went out at, to like like random places in Seattle and like we like recorded audio and created like audio scenes. Like, people could, like, get, like, what was going on through, like, different audio effects, like, a bike going by, or, like, a car, or, like, a bus going by, or, like, the walk sign being pressed, or, like, you know how, how they go, like, walk, or, like, yeah. you know, that thing? Wait. <laughs> Wait. 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I love those things. <laughs> it was, it, it, it was just, it was just honestly so cool. And, I mean, the music Elise used also, like, that, that added so much, I feel like. Like, yeah. the, like, the moods and the emotions were just, yeah. like. You could feel them like tenfold. It yeah, was. I totally agree. It it was honestly crazy. You know what? Like sound effects have become very iconic in my life. What the Duolingo sound yes. effects? If you like get a good answer, it's like okay. But I was watching the Barbie movie, and um, <laughs> oh my God, there's a I Duolingo was I was I with my out. family, and the dad in that movie of um, I don't remember her name, but the uh, America Ferrera's character's husband and that family um he was doing duolingo and the, my whole family just looked at me and was like <laughs> my gosh because kate and i are do so actually it was kind of insane on sunday yes i hit a 200 day streak and kate hit a 250 day streak and Ooh. so we were both just reaching milestones it was kind of iconic and, of we were, and we we're texting each other about it so the thing about is me and Annabelle like pretty much fail to come on to um, come live, become uh, go live on the radio station <laughs> without talking about Duolingo. And the thing we were talking about in the station earlier, and then they were like, "Okay, talk about that on the radio because it's good." Is um, is there's there you can have these little this little widget on your phone, which is like this little square, <laughs> and it's like and it has the Duolingo owl, and it's like reminding you to do your streak. Anyways, for like, the entire time I've had it, which has been almost, like, uh, um, close to a year, it's been the same, like, little animations throughout the day. Anyways, there was an update, and they changed the animations, and they're so much funnier. Yeah. <laughs> and so I thought it was, because when you hit milestones, actually, this one was kind of random, but it gives you, like, a few days of Super Duolingo for free, which is just, like, the Duolingo you would pay for. Um and so I got that, and then that's when I noticed that they were changing. And I thought it was that, but then they stayed, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, but the funny thing is it gets progressively, like, more intense throughout yeah. the day because at the beginning it's like, do your Duolingo, and it's, like, so sweet. It's like a blue background, and then yeah. the end of the day it's, like, a dark red background, yeah, and the bird is like, do your Duolingo, it's your last like chance. Melting, like, and it's like, it. I'm dying. It's like, do your Duolingo. I literally it's do so it. I do my Duolingo, like, it's the last thing I do before I go to bed every single day. It's routine. Yeah. So it's, it's, like, routine. It's, like, it's like 10.30 at night, and I have it on my Duolingo, and then I get my last notification of the day, and it's like, do your Duolingo. Like, the other and they email you, and they text yeah. you, and they <laughs> they pop up on yeah, your phone. The notification I get is so there's so different intense. characters inside of um, Duolingo, but the Duolingo one that like seems to be mine is this girl Zara. And so sometimes I get the this notification. It's like, hi, it's Zara, and um, we're so impressed by your 200 and like 50 day Duolingo streak. Maybe you should do it to continue the streak. It's so <laughs> mine are like duo foresees a 201 day streak in your future. Like, <laughs> they're so aggressive. It's so funny. And so I try to get my dad to do Duolingo. Actually, he asked me to do it because he's going to um, Denmark, and so he wants to be able to like travel and you know speak a little bit. And so Danish is 
hard. And so he was trying to learn it, and he got through like one day, two lessons, and he <laughs> stopped doing it. So, Dad, if you're listening, I noticed. You Duo to do did it. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. No, my dad tried to do Duolingo as well for a while, and he had, like, a week streak, and then he lost it. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, but he knows how to say, I am Randall. <laughs> Jaeger, An- Randall. <laughs> Jaeger, Annabelle. <laughs> shout out to anyone shout out from to- Denmark. And shout out to anyone named Randall. <laughs> yes. Anybody named Randall. Uh, um, Yeah. Okay. You know what Duolingo I need? I need, like, a Duolingo, like, sports. Because, like, I can never, like, watch. Like, I never know what's going on when I'm watching sports. So I need, like, a Duolingo that's, like... There was actually, like, this, um... There was this, like, SNL skit and, like, a few... Like, a long time ago. But it was, like, Duolingo for, like, adults who don't know how to talk to kids. I, like, need oh. that for, like, people who don't know how to watch sports. It's, like, I need Duolingo, like, to know how to watch sports. Because, yeah. like, I, I really struggle. Especially, like, football. Just, like... You know, it's it's so great, but it just it's it, it's just it's so it's so difficult to understand what's going on. I know. I feel like there are so many there, there there are like honestly so many things that like I feel like you'd need a translator for. I yeah. mean, I, I I just don't know. But like also, I have Duolingo. I, I because like you always see like these things like do do is like always like bothering you, yeah. but Duolingo like eventually like gave up on me. Like <laughs> I feel like that was like that was like a really hard hit to like my soul when Duo just stopped like giving me notifications. I'm like yeah yeah it's over. <laughs> it was it was it was rough. Yeah, but speaking of um, speaking of some sports, we have we have some we have some sports to hear about. Yeah, so before we get to our sports cast with our lovely Sophie Hill, we're going to hear from Anna and Haley for our football promo. What's good, Islanders? I'm Anna. And I'm Haley. On Thursday night, the MIHS football team faces off against Redmond. Come to the jungle at 7 to watch our varsity team and stay until half for the drill team's performance. Football took a big win last Friday versus Longview, and they plan to keep this winning streak going. Remember to be respectful of the Redmond players and fans. We hope to see you then, decked out in maroon and white, to cheer on our football team. Let's go, MI! Thank you for listening to 88.9 The Bridge. That was a great intro. You're listening to KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. I'm Sophie with your sports headlines. Week one of the NFL season began just last Sunday, and Seahawks fans are not happy with the results. A strong first half had the Seahawks coming into the halftime breakup 13-7 against their conference rivals, the LA Rams. Unfortunately, the Rams beat the Seahawks 30-13, ranking them last in the NFC West. Their next game will be this Sunday the 17th, and the team has lots of reflecting to do if they want to be considered strong playoff prospects as they head into Week 2 against the Detroit Lions. The FIBA World Cup has come to an end, and with it, so has the USA's disappointing run. Serbia, the two-time world champions, lost to Germany 83-77 in the final just last Sunday. In the bronze medal game, despite a clutch three-pointer to send the game into overtime from Mikhail Bridges, the U.S. disappointingly lost our rivals north of the border, Canada. The Mariners played their first of three games against the Los Angeles Angels just last night. Sadly, the outcome was not ideal, especially after coming off of three consecutive losses against the Tampa Bay Rays. The Mariners lost 5-8 to eight to the Angels, regardless of their star player Shohei Otani having to pull out of the lineout last minute due to a torn UCL. 
Though he was rumored to return yesterday after missing seven straight games, it seems he needs more time to recover. For the time being, designated hitter Mike Mustakas has taken Otani's place in the lineup. As for Mercer Island sports, Mercer Island football took their first win of the season against the RA Long High School just last Friday, and the team is already anticipating many more wins to come. Their next game is this Thursday at home versus Redmond High School. Girls soccer is picking up the pace, so far beating Newport 1-0, but losing to North Creek 2-0. Their next game is this Friday at Hazen at 7.30 p.m., and we are definitely expecting a win. Lastly, boys tennis had a 7-0 sweep over Lake Washington just yesterday. What a stunning start to all of our fall sports. There are lots of upcoming games, so let's all try our best to support each of our teams during this very busy season. That's all for today's sports headlines. Now I'll go ahead and hand it back to Annabelle, Sid, and Kate. Thank you so much, Sophie. I'm, I mean, I think there are a lot of things to uh, to look forward in, like, our MI sports. I mm-hmm. mean, are you, are you doing Swive or are you just I water I am bubbles? doing Swive okay. this year. How, how is Swive going? Um, it's going really good. Like, our team's... Um, we have a really strong um, swim program on on the island, and we have a really strong swim team. And like Piper Angie, who's um, on our on Mercer and Swive, just came back from Worlds, which is insane. And she got third. Um, she got third globally in fifty breaststroke, which is absolutely insane. Um, and yeah, it's. I think we're we're in store for a really good season. Yeah, I I mean I have to say the same about tennis. Tennis is tennis is doing super good. So far, only seven zero sweeps, but tennis has been pretty dominant lately. So, I'm liking how it's looking. Yeah, I feel like Swive is always such a a sport that we're just so consistently good at. Like with Piper Angie and all those other talented people on the team, it's just always you guys are always winning. Like every yeah. time anyone mentions Swive, it's like, oh yeah, they won against Interlake or whatever, and it's very yeah. exciting. Well, I'd say that like in general, Mercerround creates a very like swim forward culture, and like because we have like three summer league swim teams on the island so pretty much everyone does um summer league swim at least once in their life so um and we have a lot of club teams in the area so we're definitely in an area where it's where good swimmers are kind of are kind of very much um that that's one of those sports that a lot of people are good at here which is really cool um the other thing that kate and i can't get away from talking about is taylor swift and I think we're about to play a Taylor Swift song for yes, you. So. Yeah, let's hear it. Paper Rings, Taylor Swift. The moon is high like your friends were the night that we first met. Went home and tried to stalk you on the internet. Now I've read all other books beside your bed. The wine is cold like the shoulder that I gave you in the street. Cat and mouse for a month or two or three. Now I wake up in the night and watch you Anyone walking by in the last <laughs> approximately three and a half minutes got a show from Kate and I that Sid or Sid film. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, have to kind of dance. Yeah, know? honestly. Speaking of Taylor Swift, it is the VMAs today. 
and oh Taylor so this evening will be the VMAs and Taylor Swift has eight nominations which is the most Dang. for any artist this year and she's followed closely by Doja Cat and SZA um, yeah. and something interesting about this year is only women are nominated for artist of the year feminism which I think that's the first time that's ever happened so that is very exciting, Very and exciting. I'm sure whoever wins that will mention that fact. Yes. Yeah, um, and right. I think more more music. Uh, I Sam Sam Pador uh, made a really cool New York Times podcast on his on on his favorite, a little bit older musicians. But yes. yeah, let's <laughs> let's give that a listen. The Woodstock Music and Art Fair was without a doubt a significant part of American history. Over the course of three days in August of 1969. 32 different acts played at a farm in Bethel, New York. The festival housed nearly 500,000 people protesting against the Vietnam War, for equality, and for the love of music. I'm Sam Pador, and I got the opportunity to speak to three of Woodstock's performers. So together, let's explore their memories surrounding the festival. Due to intense traffic from people trying to get to the festival, blues band Canned Heat's drummer, Vito de la Para and the rest of his band couldn't get there by car. Instead, they hijacked a helicopter. In the beginning, I didn't want to go. We were going through some changes. Our guitar player, Henry, had just quit the week before, and I didn't know what Woodstock was. I was a recently arrived immigrant from Mexico, and, uh, and I was just very happy to be in this band, you know, playing blues music and becoming quite popular. My manager came to my room in the hotel and physically dragged me out of bed and convinced me. He comes and wakes me up and goes, turn the radio on, turn the TV on, look, look what's going on there's half a million people over there this is going to be the biggest gig you've ever played and i'm just basically saying what the hell i don't even know what woodstock is what what is this you know so finally he convinced me to go and, and we head on to white kills new york where the airport was we're all tired we're all beat up and stuff and we're not feeling very good i'm laying down in the tarmac just waiting to see something happening. So this uh, helicopter shows up and these two journalists run towards the airport. So we go running after them. And I remember they, they went into the helicopter and then the bear goes to one of them and says, where do you think you are going? And you know the kid, he goes, well, we're going to report the news. So Bob grabs him and pulls him out of the helicopter and tells him, no, you are not. We are going to make the news. So we jump on the helicopter and we pretty much hijack the helicopter from the press. They were two. We were five. We were five dangerous hippies. They didn't want to mess with us. We were the canned heat. We were going to go play the boogie for Woodstock. They knew they had no way that they were going to commandeer that helicopter. Although Woodstock was an incredible festival, it wasn't the most organized. In fact, if given the chance to do another show like it, Jefferson Airplane's lead guitarist, Yorma Kaukinen, wouldn't go. Yeah, everybody talks about Woodstock, and of course, you know, it's such an iconic job, but it was such a mess, you know. As a guy that's, that's still working, that's been working all my life doing this kind of stuff, if I had a job like that today to be like, what a terrible job, I hope I never get that job again. But of course it was Woodstock, you know, which made all the difference in the world. With there being rain, disorganization, and 500,000 people to play in front of, Arlo Guthrie, who was only 22 years old at that time, was very understandably scared. The fact that there's 500,000 people watching you, it was scary. I mean, it was raining. Everything that could have went wrong, went wrong. Nevertheless, the spirit of the people themselves 
overcame all of the stuff. They all put everything aside and they all decided to enjoy themselves. And probably that's why we're still talking about it. Woodstock was an iconic moment of American protest and one of the best examples in modern history of people just being good to each other. It was not just a live gig. It was a cultural event. It was a statement of our generation, of what we wanted done. We wanted peace. We wanted equality. A lot of the struggle that is going on right now, again, we were young, we were together. So that was the whole thing about peace and love. Uh, Woodstock was not just a gig. It was the gig. Where do you see uh, 500,000 people helping each other, loving each other, taking care of each other? Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Let me give you something. Are you freaking out from, from a bad trip or something? Yeah, there is a place there where they'll, they'll talk to you. They'll, they'll help you. Everywhere, everywhere there was, there was friendliness. So although it may seem like just another concert, Woodstock was so much more than that. It was a congregation of people in 1969 that wanted peace, love, and nothing but that. The people up on stage and watching these performances had something to say about war, injustice, and everything we so strongly fight against today. So although Woodstock happened over 50 years ago, a lot of what it stood for still remains extremely relevant to this day. I'm Sam Pador, and thank you so much for listening. What an amazing, um, what an amazing package. Yeah, Sam has a talent of getting those guests that are from bands like that, just crazy um, people that I guess we would say are older. Um, And that is very exciting for him. And he's always in here doing some sort of interview with some amazing musician. And he talked about how Woodstock was a little bit unorganized. And this past weekend, we had a little bit of disorganization at the gorge and lauren suzuki touches on that here yep let's hear it lauren the gorge amphitheater in eastern washington is known for its beautiful views and amazing acoustics yet many were unable to experience those on september 8th leading up to the lumineers concert thousands were left in gridlock just miles outside the venue waiting to get in and i was one of them With my friend Logan and her mother Dina, we barely trekked a mile in the three-hour span we were on the line, with GPS estimating around a two-hour arrival from every position in the four-mile line. We saw many people walking on the side of the road, trying to figure out how they could get in. (laughs) Our our mom is making us walk back so we can make a decision about what we're going to (laughs) do. Oh my god. (laughs) The real problem fell onto routes and security issues. Three lines went into the venue, each at a standstill. The Seattle Times recounts the June shooting at the venue contributing to much more thorough security screenings after the tragedy. Yet, when I was at a concert at the Gorge in July, there were no issues with entry and security was practically a non-topic. The Gorge has not spoken to any sources, and in fact turned off their commenting on Instagram posts to limit public criticisms prior to deleting all posts pertaining to the Lumineers. An Instagram user commented on an older post that, Turning off comments is not the way to go. Release a statement and issue refunds. Thousands of people who traveled hundreds of miles to be here and miss a concert at your expense? Unacceptable, and I will never attempt to come here again. As of the evening of September 11th, tickets have been refunded and discounts for the venue have been given. The Gorge pushed the show back 30 minutes, and while the sentiment was there, in reality, only very few people would be able to make it in time, even with that extension. I, 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 that won't make that much of a difference. It's not going to make any difference. Like maybe so two more people are gonna get in. Beautiful faces. 
two Let's more people's sure. beautiful Everyone was frustrated, and we met a woman who was willing to risk tooth and nail to get there. The tractor can get me there. Just pass the people. Yeah. We, we you know were what I mean? ready I'm to like, take off in the middle of the cornfield. I came here 24 years ago to the date today, yeah. and oh. I to the gorge. And I'm like, I had this all. I couldn't believe it's 24 years to the date. I came by myself. I'm like, I want to go back to the gorge. It's not even really. I love the Lumineers. I do love the Lumineers, but like, it's more about getting to the gorge, and it's right there, and I can't. Than me. My friends hate oh, me. No. My husband hates me. They all won't talk to me because I'm fired up. And they tell me to calm down, and I'm like, I'm not calming down. Yeah. Ooh, not everyone had that tenacity, though. Many turned around and left the gridlock, and we kept count. How many people do you think we've seen turn around? Like twelve? Oh no, we have more than that. Twenty? Fifty. Fifty? No. Okay, not fifty. Twenty. I would say twenty. I, I think more than twenty. I think more than twenty. Thirty. Like 37, 38, 38. I'm gonna start counting right now. 38, we're starting at 32. Okay. 62. Are you still counting? <laughs> In total, we counted 73 cars leave, and we were one of them. It is, it really sucks. It really does. Yeah, because there's nothing we did wrong. This has been Lauren Suzuki with KMIH 89, The Bridge. What an upsetting concert experience. I yeah. mean, the Lumineers are amazing, and the Gorge is also amazing. Uh, I've personally never been, but I feel like it's such a a hard hassle to get there. It's just yeah, really... I totally agree. Especially from here, like, you kind of have to camp out, and I think that was part of the problem. There was another concert the next day that people were already going to camp out for, mm-hmm. um, and so there is double the traffic yeah. as there normally would be. Yeah. I, I think it really sucks when, like... Um, when there's lots of like complications within um within like concerts and stuff when you work so hard to go yeah, yeah. and i i just need to show this something <laughs> a, a little bit scary just happened because <laughs> you know how Annabelle and Kate were having a little duolingo con- con- conversation well you know i used to do du- duolingo kind of got out of it um well let me read a little notification that popped up on my phone jump back into chinese get started with a 3 minute lesson from duolingo the best part is he was talking about how sad it was when Duolingo <laughs> gave up on him. Duolingo heard that and was like, I will not Duolingo be slandered like this. Place. I will not be slandered on the radio. I'm not sure whether I should feel like uplifted that Duolingo really cares or scared that Duolingo is listening to my every conversation. <laughs> you know, Don't worry about it. You know, I've kind of accepted that my phone might be listening to me and I'm just like, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. You never know. It's yeah. either that or just like very yeah. specific it's, coincidences. Yeah, it, it could just be specific coincidences. We have no idea. We're not we're not gonna we're not gonna theorize. Yeah. I'm theorizing. I'm theorizing. Wow. So recently pharmacies have been uh selling Narcan over the counter, which is a very important drug for uh overdoses. So it can help prevent those and stop those. And Paige Evans will touch on that now. If you know what CPR is, or an EpiPen, I have another noun to add to your vocabulary. Naloxone, or Narcan, is a life-saving drug that reverses opioid overdoses. And it's easy to use, just like a nostril spray that you might use if you have a cold. Not sure if someone's overdosing? Don't panic. Narcan won't cause harm to someone who doesn't need it. The best part about Narcan is right now you can purchase it at most pharmacies near you. No prescription needed. I went into my local Walgreens, and after a brief, Hi, do you guys sell Narcan here? I left with the tool to save someone's life. And now you can too. So go get a naloxone spray at your local drugstore, or you can order it as well as fentanyl test strips online on websites such as Overdose.net. This is Paige Evans with 889 The Bridge. 
Thank you so much, Paige. Yeah. Um, you'll be hearing more about that in our 8 a.m. segment of Breakfast on the Bridge. And Paige will also be one of the hosts for that. So be ready to hear more from the producer of this herself. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this is a really, really, really important thing today. Yes. Yeah, it's been important or it's been recommended that people carry it around everywhere or at least have it in a first aid kit of some sort. So I'm sure the school maybe will start carrying it soon and individual people as well. Um, and it's a very important thing to have because especially yeah. with the fentanyl crisis recently, uh, which you will hear more about in the 8 a.m. hour, it mm-hmm. is very important to be ready for anything. Yeah. I think it's like great to get the word out about that and like um, so that we all... You know, we we all um, know how to know how to save people's lives because um, the more people who are have access to um, life saving things like Narcan um, w- really will make a difference and will save lives, which I think is which I think is really good. Obviously, <laughs> yes, we are pro saving. We are pro saving. <laughs> if you were wondering, uh, it's, it's it's been an early morning. That's all I'll say. Um, yes. Speaking yeah. of that. Um, you know, you guys are seniors, so I'm sure you guys are experiencing some junioritis. And I'm already I'm a junior, but I I'm experiencing junioritis. I'm okay. already, I'm already yeah. ready to graduate. Okay, hot take. I feel like junioritis is so much worse than senioritis. Okay, but once we're in second semester, you're gonna disagree with that. Okay, yes, but right now I am I'm not feeling the senioritis right now. Yeah, I don't like not want to be here. I just don't really want to do the work. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally <laughs> you know? get junioritis. I was like done. I was like I don't want to be here. I don't want to do anything right now. I want to sit on my bed, no. take a nap. But I don't want to take a nap because after I wake up from a nap, I'm still gonna feel tired. The junior year burnout is real. Yeah, but like I feel like right now. As of right now, I, st- I don't think I've actually registered that school has actually started again. I haven't registered that I'm a senior. I haven't registered anything, which is great because I'm still in summer mode. And I think I think for everybody, it takes you a little bit of a little bit of time to like get into that summer feeling. Uh, sorry, into that school feeling. I think yeah. that's what the senioritis is going to hit. And hopefully I'll be in college by the time that happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, some of these teachers, they need it's been like two weeks. But you know, it's okay. We won't complain here. <laughs> no we complaining. Just, just We're positive jobs. this morning. Yes. Um. Yeah. We won't complain. Um. Just you know, I, I'll get into the groove eventually. I will say, radio is really like getting me through. Like, yeah. especially we uh-huh. have it first period. It's good that it's a I have nice radio way. first period because I think I'd be way less motivated to come to school if I had like math first period. Because yeah. basically, I I have radio first period and then I have second off. So like, I I have a nice like two hour like like ease into the day so it's it's you know it's much that's nice it's much better um it appears that we are c- coming to the end of the i of know the um seven o'clock hour but guys don't worry for the first time well i guess there's been first period lives after breakfast on the bridge before but this time breakfast on the bridge is lasting two hours oh, we gotta oh, bring no. <laughs> <laughs> um so we will have some amazing hosts and people on the next hour uh, while we all listen in in the class. Yes. So I've been, it's been Annabelle, Kate, and Sid. And you've been listening to 88.9 The Bridge. Now make sure to do your Duolingo. Yes. Hello, KMH, 88.9 The Bridge. I hope you can hear us good because Oops. today we will be hosting Breakfast on the Bridge, second hour for the very first time. Again, I'm Sophie Cartwright and I am joined with Paige, Paige Evans. And uh, Joe Schleifer. Oh, I got... <laughs> no, I got, finish, finish. No, I mean, no, it's fine. Like, I, I got cut off, but, like, whatever. It's fine. Um, well, this is... Okay, this is a very special morning. This is our very first morning 
ever hosting the second hour of Breakfast on the Bridge, which is our show, which we started last year for the morning. And we're going to be expanding it this year in our new ABRO class. Are you guys excited about this all new class? And just it's a very new structure for radio now. We're going to be having all of the advanced students in not all the advanced students, but a selection of the advanced students who have been in radio for the longest time all in the same class working on the same project. So what are some of you guys' hopes for this year, just going into radio for the future? I'm just so excited because I think, like, having a class filled with people who, like, genuinely want to be there and want to be producing their best stuff is, Mm -hmm. like, that's so cool. And that's something I feel a lot about taking regular classes at school. Like, if if taking the difference between taking, like, an honors class versus a regular class is, like, in honors classes... You're with you're put with more people that like genuinely like to read or genuinely like to do math, which yeah. is why I'm not in advanced math. But still, <laughs> it's like being with people who all have like the same uh, want to create as you is so cool. And I know we're gonna make some good stuff this year. I agree, Joe. What about you? Yeah, no, I totally agree with Paige. Like having everybody who wants to be there, wants to contribute to the radio station, really is all about making amazing content for the radio is really awesome to have. And it's also nice, like, as a junior in Abro to have seniors who can help me along the way, give me advice, and be with people who have a little bit more experience that I can kind of learn from. I agree. And on the topic of the morning show and radio, one great thing that we have about the morning show is the breakfast items that are supplied <laughs> each morning. And, Paige, I know you were noticing this, but the apples that we had this morning were incredibly small. And it just got us thinking about breakfast items as a whole because I, I i don't know about you but i still can't get over those apples they were so small and they were almost like how would you describe it like a plum size but an apple they were like freaky small like a bouncy ball or something <laughs> yeah and for sure last year okay so for my old block class um we did mockumentaries at the end mm, of the year oh yeah and my mockumentary not last year but the year before was about like GMOs and stuff, and so I like it wasn't interesting, but yeah, <laughs> and I like look at those and I'm like, dude, someone had to have like GMO. put chemicals in this. Like, there's, there's no it way was those such apples a small are actually apple. that small. It was <laughs> like, just wild. You could like close your entire hand around it. Like that's crazy, right? I was. It just it really got me thinking. It was like one apple just wouldn't be enough. It was. It was so. I, that's like half of a snack apple, you know? That's not even a correct... It like, was really interesting. That's not right. What are you guys' favorite breakfast food items? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to have to go with a breakfast burrito. It's just like the best of okay. everything. Okay. What do you What do you put in your breakfast burrito? Yeah, I think that's a very... Got to You got to narrow it down. You got to have the... You know, like the the garden, like green tortilla? Like the, those oh, ones. Oh, the ones that are oh, actually yeah. green? Yeah, those ones. You got to have a little bit of pesto sauce on it. Some, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Flavor some flavor eggs. Flavor town. Flavor town. Got to have that uh, four cheese, uh, Mexican cheese blend. That from one's Trader Joe's? From Trader Joe's. Okay, yeah. I know. I know that one. Uh, what else? A little bit of ground turkey in there. Okay. Some okay. hash browns and then a little Ooh. sriracha to finish it off, and then wrap it up. Okay, so a very flavorful turkey pesto. Yeah. yeah. So do, do you prefer making your own DIY burritos or, like, going out and getting mm. a breakfast burrito? I like making my own because I can kind of, like, experiment yeah, what's in it and put more nice. food or, like, make eight of them. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I all, all the flavors, too. I feel like that's a hard thing to get if you're going somewhere, unless, like, maybe homegrown. Yeah, but, but home, homegrown is, mm, that is, that is, like, a $20 burrito. That's true. Yeah. And I, I also, like, okay, this is more of a me thing. I'm a super, super picky eater. Mm. And so I hate going places where you, like, customize your food. Oh, yeah. Because cause... I get judged so hard. I, like, go to Subway and I'm like, can I just get some bread? 
like, like nothing else. <laughs> Can I just have bread, please? They're like, what is going on? Like, what is wrong with you? That is the one thing that I have experienced and for my friends working in food industries or jobs like that, being able to like customize all the foods that they have there. So then one of my friends works at Homegrown and he would have this, he would make all these very specific sandwiches and all these interesting things. So I kind of miss, I actually, I almost worked at Homegrown, but I ended up not. I was, I just got denied a Starbucks job because I I emailed them. I was like, hey, can I work at Starbucks? Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, but they close at like four or five or something. So I would have to work like, Oh, an Bef- hour. I would have to do, like, four-hour shifts before school, and I was like, okay, for the sake of my grades as well as, like, my brain, Dang. I'm not going to do that. So. That would have been a four... Oh, yeah, because Starbucks does open at, like, 4.30 a.m., I want to say. Yeah. That's cr- that, that'd be a crazy Ooh. shift before school. I know. Even oh if you God. get free coffee, like, that's just not yeah, worth it. Yeah, at what cost? Nah. At what cost? I, w- I mean, they pay really well, though, Starbucks. They do. That's they this do. is not sponsored by Starbucks. <laughs> However, I will recognize that they do pay very well. <laughs> That is. Are you guys coffee drinkers in the morning? Because I know high school, I feel like, is a big period where kids start to get into the coffee, the coffee pipeline, and I know it's very prominent here. Yeah, I mean, I used to not, uh, but I went to Israel for a while, and you were up super late at night or doing something in the middle of Jerusalem, so you kind of became reliant on coffee. So if it's available, I'm, I'm definitely drinking it. Mm. Is coffee like? I don't know. You know how some pla- sometimes when you go places, especially different countries, the coffee's like better or just oh, worse. Yeah. Like is oh. is really coffee like better or worse? I think like it has to be better. Paige, you would have loved it. It would like it had <laughs> blended it's, like coffee slushies. Uh, it was amazing. And then like oh there's like the powdered instant coffee, but you'd always go get like a coffee slushie in the morning. It was oh so my good. Gosh. A coffee slushie. Suddenly yeah. I'm on my way to Israel, bro. It's oh so my gosh, good. That's crazy. I would kill for a coffee slushie. It's really good. Sophie, are you a coffee drinker? I am a coffee drinker now, but I feel like I'm a specific type of coffee drinker because there's some people who get like a huge iced latte, like those really big coffee drinks. Mm-hmm. But I, we have, okay, we recently got this new coffee machine. And personally, me, I'm not a big fan of it. Because it made these, it's, okay, at first I wasn't a fan of it because it makes these really small cups of coffee that's just like either one shot of espresso, two shot of espresso, or like a small cup of coffee or a medium cup of coffee. And at first I wasn't a fan of it because I used to get like these lattes, matcha, all this stuff. But now I'm just like, get to the point, straight caffeine, like dopio yeah. espresso, and I'm done. So now yeah. I'm a coffee drinker just for the caffeine. Like that's it. Do at you this guys point. drink your coffee black? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sitting with psychopaths right <laughs> Every now. Every day. I just, I, I just, I don't know about you, Joe. I don't have the time to put yeah. milk or flavor in my coffee in the morning. Like, it is in my cup, and it's, I drink it in the car, and that's it. Yeah, no. I, that's crazy. There's, there's no time. That's pretty much what I'll do. Or, like, my mom got these, like, pre-workout kind of powder, like, capsules that I use anyways. So, instead mm. of, like, making a cup of coffee, just take one or two of those. Some creatine for the morning. It's not, it's just like caffeine. It's like a, okay, an espresso in a capsule. Because that's kind of nice. what pre-workout is, just caffeine, right? I mean, pre-workout is like caffeine and stimulant. It's a whole lot of stuff that isn't really good for you, but it gets you going. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the stuff I take, it's just caffeine, nothing special. Wait, so then Paige, you're not a fan of just straight black coffee. So then what's no, your go-to order then? I told you, I'm like a really, really picky eater. It's kind of my downfall. Wait, can Joe and I please guess it? For um, coffee? I'm trying gonna, to guess what, what coffee page. Yes, Ooh. go for it. 
Yes. Um, and I'm just saying, it's like, you know when you see someone and you can, like, very much stereotype them based off their coffee? Like, you see them and you're like, oh, you definitely get this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm one of those people. Like, I am exactly what you would expect me to get. Okay, so I know it has to be iced, too, first of all, from that slushy. Yeah. <laughs> so iced for sure. Probably never hot. Never hot coffee. Only if it's, like, really cold. Unless it's in the morning and really cold. Never, if it's later in the day, never, never hot coffee. Okay. Definitely not an Americano person because you don't like black oh, coffee. Definitely not. Definitely not. Someone with not he- even with like cream or anything. Heavy cream and sugar definitely goes in your coffee, like some sort of like frappuccino coffee or something oh, like a latte. Pro- maybe iced vanilla latte or. That's what I was guessing too. She, I would say matcha, but because we're on coffee, ice tall iced vanilla latte. Sorry, venti iced vanilla latte. What milk? Oh, oh. Okay. I would say oh. You are. Basically spot on. I get a tall, or sorry, I get a grande iced oh, vanilla, grande, latte, vanilla latte, and I either do, and I do any milk that's not whole milk. What? Oh. What, yeah. what do you okay. got against whole milk? Okay. Uh, it, dude, <laughs> it's not what do I have against whole milk, it was what does my stomach have against whole Actually, milk. That's a good point. That's do you want me point. to go to school every day and blow up the bathroom? Like, I don't think so, dude. That, mm-mm. And is mm-mm. it, okay, Starbucks too then? Star- Starbucks honestly has really good coffee. The only thing is, I, there are... Vanilla lattes are a little too sweet for my liking. That's, that's yeah, true. I, I don't really mess with Starbucks like coffee just because it's too sweet. But I yeah. like their refreshers. Mm. Same, their um, strawberry acai refresher oh, yeah. with mm. lemonade yeah, so is good. so good. Fun fact: I actually used to work at Starbucks for a brief period. I remember period. that. I remember that. I remember like going through the <laughs> drive-through with my dad and being like, "Oh, they're Sophie." <laughs> <laughs> just getting my nine to five in. Um, but we actually did put a lot, a lot of sweetener in the vanilla, the iced vanilla lattes mm-hmm. because first the ice takes up so much room, and then once you switch from a tall to a grande, there's a significantly more sweetener. So that was just amazing. And also, fun fact about the refreshers. There is actually so much caffeine in them. I know that's, that's why good stuff. I love them. About as much as a cold brew, and people will order them for their kids, not knowing. And sometimes we warn them, but like sometimes people just don't want to know, or like they'll ask about it, and we'll be like, "Yeah, they actually have a lot of caffeine." They're like, "Oh, like do you think it's fine?" And we're like, uh, "Like I don't know." But they still get them for their kids. Yeah. So their kids are getting basically a cold brew worth of coffee. <laughs> that's crazy. That's awesome. That's so. nuts. I saw this like. I don't know why I'm on, like, mom Instagram, but I was, I get, like, these mom life hacks on Instagram, and I got one the other day where it was, like, because getting your kids the strawberry side refreshers is such a big deal right now, just get them a water, but ask for strawberries in it, oh, and then it, like, turns the water smart. pink, and then the kids, like, eat that up, apparently, because they have no idea what it's, like, supposed to taste I like. I was gonna say, because I also see those, those Instagram reels sometimes, and it's moms just putting, like, Kool-Aid mix or those like little squeeze like red yeah, things. Yeah, they get it, like target. Yeah, that you're probably DIY. saving so much money from and that they, as well. Kids can't tell the difference too. Exactly, I'm saying it's good. But with that, guys, we actually have an, some news and sports for today as well. So we're going to be getting into our news in a bit. But first, we have an important project to play. This is a Narcan project, and we're going to talk a little bit about after a little bit about it after. Then we're going to go into the news. So. We'll get to that now, and then we will see you guys in a bit. The opioid crisis is raging in our society today. Overdoses are now common in public places, restaurants, workshops, and even schools. An estimated 79,000 Americans died from drug overdoses between January and September of just 2022. Opiates are a real problem. 
and have been claiming their victims on an upward increase in the past few years. I've been wondering, how are opiate overdoses being controlled? Is there anything being done at all? As I spoke with members of my community and dug deeper into how opiate overdoses can be stopped, I learned more about a drug called Narcan. Narcan is a nasal spray that is used to reverse the effects of an opioid overdose. Also known as naloxone, Narcan can restore normal human breathing to one who's become unconscious. Essentially, when Narcan enters a person's body, it works to block the symptoms of an overdose. Our school's R&R counselor, Chris Harnish, told me more about how Narcan can be used and how present it is at our school. Narcan is a nasal spray. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a chemical that's developed. It's an opiate blocker. So uh, when people overdose on an opiate, it suppresses their breathing and their heart rate, and ultimately uh, they pass. When somebody's experiencing those type of reactions to an opiate, you can use this to counteract the effects of the uh, opiate and within a few seconds of uh, inhaling or it's actually you inject what's the term it's it's a nasal spray so mm -hmm. shortly after putting it into somebody shooting it or spraying it into their nostril it blocks the effects of the opiate and their breathing and their heart rate resumes it's a short-term fix they're still going to need some follow-up emergency medical care but in the moment, uh, it gets the heart going, it gets the breathing going, and can a lay person, a friend, uh, teacher, uh, policeman, fireman, can reverse the effects of an opiate. Before we had this readily available, people often passed because uh, there wasn't a quick and effective way to counter the effects of the, the opiate drugs. He explained it as an important tool to have in our schools. Our teachers and students are working to release the stigma around Narcan and make it more readily available. It's one of those things that um, you hope you never need, but you want to have it around. It's kind of like CPR or first aid. You want to have that skill in, in the case that you, you need it and to be able to counter the effects. I was also able to sit down with our district superintendent, Dr. Rendell, as he told me more about how we are able to acquire Narcan in the Mercer Island School District. We'd received some information about an opportunity to um, basically fill out a bunch of forms and, and apply for a mini grant. And the grant then afforded us basically as many dosage uh, doses of Narcan as we wanted for our school district. And so uh, in conjunction with our two lead nurses, um, Shelly Sage there at the high school and Carla Rimmer at the middle school, um, that's when we first uh, reached out and, and received our first supply of Narcan for the middle school and the high school. You know, I, I think having it available, um, making it destigmatized, similar to EpiPens and, and other um, drugs that are on hand to save lives. And that's what it's all about. Now, as more and more schools are making doses of Narcan readily available for students when necessary, my question still lingers. How many people know about Narcan? Do students know they have access if someone close to them is experiencing an overdose? As Narcan is becoming easier to purchase, students and everyone should know that it's important to have on hand. For more information on Narcan, visit sources like stopoverdosenow.gov or nia.gov slash right. That was a very insightful piece. I'm really peace. I'm really glad that we have people who are 
able to talk about these things and willing to like do all the research and give us all the details. It is very interesting. And like I mentioned before, we do have a news update coming in soon with Jenna. So as she gets situated, we will make sure she can hear us all right. All right, so we have Jenna coming in to do our news. Jenna, can you hear us all right? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, we can. (laughs) She made it. Jenna, do you want to take it away with the news? You're listening to KMIH 89 The Bridge. I'm Jenna Martin with your news headlines. It's no secret that Google is one of the biggest companies in the world. The browser Chrome is often the default and preferred browser for users. Their suite consisting of Gmail, Docs, and Google Sheets is one of the strongest competitors for Microsoft's Office 365. However, some have argued that Google has violated antitrust laws in regards to the implementing of their products. The trial U.S. vs. Google is the biggest monopoly case since the Microsoft antitrust hearing 25 years ago. Starting today, the United States Justice Department will argue that Google has abused its monopoly status to negotiate deals that are set Google Chrome, that set Google Chrome and its products as the default in new devices. China is spreading misinformation about the Maui wildfires that took place last month. They are saying that it was not a natural disaster and instead it was a secret weapon, secret weather weapon that is, the United States was testing. The brand Smuckers, which is the maker of jelly, Jif peanut butter, and Uncrustables, is set to buy Hostess for $5.6 billion. This would add Twinkies, Ho-Hos, and Ding Dongs to their company's product portfolio. The U.S. approved updated COVID-19 vaccines on Monday, hoping to rub up protection against the latest coronavirus strands. It's part of a shift to treat all updates of the COVID-19 vaccine, much like getting a yearly flu shot. The shot aims to eliminate strands of Omicron, which has been stated as one of the most transmittable strands of the virus yet. Though it isn't in the majority of hospitalized patients, it has been chosen for the next round of vaccines with more information to come. The fall round is cleared for adults and children as young as six months old. FDA said starting at five, most people can get the single dose if they've never had a prior COVID-19 shot. This is KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. Now back to music and conversations that span generations. Thank you, Jenna. I love that piece. It is. Okay, she talked about COVID a little bit and how in the fall there's going to be perhaps some more variants and some that's... I really, I never really thought about that, but you know, I know if you guys know every year in the fall, it's like, it feels like there's always, of course, different types of flu shots and different types of just variations of sicknesses. So I'm, I'm almost kind of scared of what's going to happen in regarding like different types of disease, not diseases, different types of sicknesses and colds and flus and different types of COVIDs, hopefully not that people catch. I feel the opposite about it. That's funny. <laughs> because I feel like this has been our lives for so long now. I'm like, you know what? Come at me, dude. I, you know, I'm built different. I've like got the immunity this, is okay? built. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I feel like at this point, like if you've had COVID already, you probably had it a couple other times without even realizing it. Like, That's true. Probably just I, had a cold. I never ever tested positive for COVID. I never did Fun either, fact. even though I'm like pretty certain I There's did. There's no it. way that we never got at least exposed to it because there you were for a few, sure did. Do you guys do you remember there were, when there were outbreaks during finals week? <laughs> there was oh, that was a huge so bad. COVID outbreak during finals week of our school. And scores went down for a lot That's of classes, crazy. I know, for That's a few people. Crazy. I mean, that would imagine having to be, like, you're ready for finals, you're ready to take it, you're, go, you're about to go to school, Yeah, and then, you feel sick, your mom's like, oh, let's take a test, and then you have COVID. Safe, and then it's over. Mm, yeah. It's always that, too. It's always a, let's just do it to be safe. Yeah, just yeah, to be safe. That's what happened oh, to me. I mean, I, I didn't even have, like, COVID symptoms. I had, like, 
chest pain, and it was it was like Ooh. heartburn or something. Oh, like and like it was like hurting, like my chest was hurting, like I got punched in the chest. Oh, but it wasn't like lungs and stuff. It wasn't that bad. So we tested me, and I had COVID. That's so crazy. then my mom made a whole thing about it. I had to go to the hospital, oh. get tested again. It was fun Jeez. stuff. I was okay. There was nothing wrong with me. Because hmm. okay, <laughs> okay, okay. So now you, you have the immunity, but. I feel like Paige and I definitely, we definitely had COVID at one point. No. Maybe before like, tests I, were more popular. Or... I like definitely did. Cause there was a point where I was like so sick. I was, I w- I'm not going to share the full story because nobody wants to hear about me being sick, but I'll tell you, it was really bad guys. It was a bad It was sickness. really bad. bad I was really, really ill. And then I tested and they were like, no, you don't have COVID. But I was like, that's impossible because it's the peak of the pandemic right now. Yeah. And I was they irresponsibly traveling. Results. And I was so ill. So I don't, I think that they were uh, lying to me. Mm. Maybe know? it was a new variation, a new variant, and they just I, didn't have a I test yet. I created it, dude. <laughs> that was Could have been like a false negative, too. There I were think a couple it was of yeah. those. a false negative because I, th- I, yeah, I think they just like didn't like stick it far up my nose enough Oof. because Oof. like I there was this. no was, way oh. I didn't have it. That was so COVID, bad. Dude. They had drive through tests, too. They had like the long swab and like the short swab, too. So like oh, it was yeah, 50 50 if you so got it. tested at the hospital. Was that like, was that a different? That was a long one. That was like, that one, that touched my brain. They tickled my brain. Yeah, I had to get tested at the hospital, and that was a because that's what I called that one the brain swab and the oh, other was, one was mm. the nostril swab. Oh my The only gosh. thing is I thought it was going to be like I was so scared. I was so scared to get the brain swab. It like was not that bad. It's the, it's it's like a lobotomy like it goes right back. Yeah, it <laughs> no, does. the lobotomy the lobotomies go through the eye, bro. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah, oh, 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 you guys oh, don't know nah. about lobot- I could talk about lobotomies for hours. I think they're so crazy. New uh, show I know topic. about it. That is an interesting topic. That's a choice topic for sure. That's my new show. lobotomy Lobotomy. <laughs> like, that comes on the radio, and everyone immediately switches the channel. They're like, what is going on, dude? Oh. <laughs> so, I, I don't think I ever had to experience the brain swab. I think, actually, that's true, because when I did get tested, I had symptoms. They did, like, this Q-tip, and they, like, barely touched me with it, and I was like, okay, like, oh. if I do have <laughs> COVID, like, that's not going to be telling anything at all. <laughs> yeah, at that point, they don't want to, they don't want to know if I have COVID or not. Like, <laughs> So, we also do have a sports feature for today, which will be coming up in a bit. So, we're going to be gearing towards that, but there is a lot of sports now going on with the high school with all of the fall sports so what are you guys' thoughts on that happening i mean uh you know as a member of the football team i'm really excited for this season and uh, i'm really excited to watch all the other sports like uh, girls soccer suave golf i mean everybody's Mm. performing really well so far this season joe can i ask you a conspiracy i heard absolutely so i heard that the football team might be moving down a division (gasps) potential so then just because that way we would like the football team would have just a better chance if they moved down to a two A school. So um, I'm not a hundred percent sure how that's going to work. I, I don't think it's getting moved down a division. I think Kinko's re shifting itself. So instead oh. of it being like a couple teams like right in the like on the east side, like Mercer Island, Bellevue, Newport, I think it's going to be all of King County. So oh. instead of having to face like a school like Bellevue, which is open enrollment. It's yeah. a really big three A school that allows for a lot of other. You know, there's slight recruiting going on. It's not recruiting, but it's like open enrollment. So you say, "Hey, we have a great football team. Come play for us." You live in Bellevue, Fishy so business. it kind of allows for us to play teams more like Mercer Island school wise and population wise, mm-hmm. instead of having to play like four four A type schools that are technically a three A but are much bigger, have a lot more funding. It's it's a whole thing with the uh, WIAA in general. So mm-hmm. I'm not a hundred percent sure. What's happening? But I, I think there is going to be a switch next season. <gasps> next season, 
Okay, so that's coming up. So conspiracy, would you say confirmed? Um, I, I wouldn't say confirmed because it's also up to like the coaches and their game planning. Because okay, like okay. what happened with our old coach Sledge is he scheduled a two year agreement with uh, Seattle Prep to play him. Oh, so like we're we're not even in their league. Their Metro were Kinko, so we shouldn't even be technically playing them wow. uh, at all. So it, it, it's confusing. It's up to the coaches, up to WIA. There's a there's a ton of factors. That is so interesting because uh, I mean I from not too much football knowledge, just assumed it was like, oh, let's just move down this year, call it good, sign a little contract. But I don't know, there were so many intricate parts to it. Yeah, no, there's a lot of a lot of stuff. There's a lot of, like, rule-wise safety issues because, I mean, imagine if you have, like, a forest school. You have, I don't know, there's this kid named Dimitri at Bellevue. He's six foot eight, 400-something. He's a monster. And you Jeez. go up against, like, some, like, little five, five 750-pounder, it's... Yeah, it's kind of a safety issue. I mean, it is football, so you're kind of signing up to yeah go play a sport that's a little bit more heavy on the contact. But it's also like there's a lot of different things involved with size of the school, like coaching, like abilities, their training staff. There's a whole there's so many things that the WIAA looks into. Yeah, just safety wise before they even consider like school and skill level. Has wow. the football team considered like recruiting me? Uh, I mean, Bella and the Bulldogs. If you yeah, well, want to, if you want to try out for the football team, you absolutely like, can. I'm just like six eight and really, really ripped. So I was thinking that like maybe that would be a good opportunity. Well, for what, you guys. what what position would you want to play? Like running back, wide receiver, running back, back, like runs the ball. What is mid, like like defense or offense? Like, do you want to have the ball or do you want to hit somebody? Oh, or, I or, hit or, someone, or, or both, like because my position, I'm a, I, I'm a left guard, uh, and I'm, I'm more of a pulling guard than a, just a straight blocking guard. I mean, I, I can block a little, but more of my thing is pulling and going and like hitting someone. So that's a really fun position. Mm. I, I just want to like smash everything in my way. That's what I want to do. Ah, so like, uh, yeah, like a fullback, like yeah, fullback. yeah, yeah. That's fullback. actually the name of a position. It's like a running back, except Dude, you like, go and in hit football, somebody. If you, if someone's ever like, oh, what position do you play? Just Take a random like adjective and then add back to it. There you go. That's your that's your position. Like that, if, yeah, actually that's pretty ever, accurate like, to me. Actually, yeah. If someone ever asks me what I'm gonna play, oh, I'm I'll, I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm like a a one half back. You know, I mean, there, there's like, a oh, yeah. there's a half back position. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You're like center, right, left, back, up, down. Any preposition. I mean, before? some of those were right. You got center. Really? Yeah, left guard, left tackle, right guard, right tackle. It's. I think we should sign. Is it? Can you really? Can a girl sign up for the football team? I mean, I I think you I think you can. I feel like there have to, to be some up. regulations I against that. No, because no, th- there are a lot of like, girls playing like football, like quarterback, kicker, stuff like that. I mean, you could try to play linebacker or running back. I'm not. Sh- sign. I Too think sign, would, question mark. <laughs> like I'm not trying to like enforce the stereotypes that like women are like small little babies, but like. Guys, I think I'd actually die. Like, yeah. I sta- like standing next to Joe, I am like a little. <laughs> I am like a first grader compared to him. It's crazy. I'm also pretty small for football. Like, I I'm left guard, but Gavin Shea's our left tech, left tackle, and and like, he's like actually huge. Yeah. On film, you can't even see me because he just covers <laughs> That's me up. So funny, dude. Like on pancakes and stuff, you can't see my pancake because Gavin's just there. God. How tall is he? I think he's six six. Maybe six seven. That is, he's oh wow. my god! I, and he's lost a lot of weight too. He was like three hundred, but now he cut down. Do not talk about people's weight on the radio, Joe. That's football. Like that, oh, that, yeah. that plays a big role in your position. And also, like he's <laughs> totally switched up his like 
There's a lot of science behind it. I was it. messing with you. Removing, removing uh, like fat to muscle, like stuff like that. I it's was, a whole, whole I was factor. messing with you, Joe. Paige is uh, <laughs> scaring me today, guys. Joe just got canceled I got on canceled air. On air. Oh, on air. wow, Joe. I didn't know you hated when women play football. Is that true? I actually, what? I actually heard a rumor that you hate women in general. Is that true? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not be going there. This is this is yes. a nice radio station. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm a nice person. Guys, I don't do that. I would never do that. Joe's actually, Joe's a little Joe bit Joe is not canceled, confirmed. Joe would never get canceled. <laughs> oh, thank God. On our topic oh. of sports, we actually will be moving to a brief feature by Dylan Shobe. So we are going to be doing a quick switch right there and make sure that he can hear us all good. But that was a very interesting discussion with football. It was really interesting to hear someone from the team tell us a lot of facts about it and an insider take I would see. Yeah, we confirmed. So with that, we have Dylan Shope with us. Dylan, can you hear us all right? Yes, I can. All right, do you want to take it away with a sports? Yes, this is your today? host, Dylan Shope, for the sports update on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. We're going to kick off in the national spectrum of sports kind of Jets versus Bills, if you watched it, Monday Night Football, there was the Manning cast, there was the regular telecast. I know myself, love Eli Manning and Peyton Manning, so I watched that one. 16-22 to in an overtime thriller. Everybody, Jets fans especially, were waiting for Aaron Rodgers' debut in a New York Jets uniform, looking like Brett Favre out there. But he only had one pass in the game. That is because he is currently going to be x-rayed on Tuesday today for an Achilles tear. So hopefully Aaron Rodgers is okay. But he was out the whole game. Zach Wilson actually played 140 passing yards, did not do too well, but he got it done. And that's because Josh Allen on the Bills side actually threw three interceptions to the same guy on the Jets team. That was the first time since 2005, Week 17, that a Jets player had three interceptions in a game, actually. So a lot of history happened. But overtime, punt return, walk off. The Jets do it. And that is a ball game. Moving on into the Mariners. Mariners game was a great game. Finished off in a score of 8-5. to five. Unfortunately, the Mariners now, in effect, after this game, are dropped out of playoff position a little bit, falling one-half game behind Texas in the AL wildcard race after the Rangers beat the Toronto Blue Jays on Monday, 10-4. to four. But in the first, Teoscar Hernandez and Cal Raleigh two-run two homer. Logan Gilbert did not have a great game. He allowed six hits and three runs over seven innings. And into the 11th inning, the Mariners just couldn't keep up. The Angels dropping three runs on the Mariners makes it 8-5, and the Mariners couldn't do it in the bottom of the 11th. And now we're going to move to my most favorite story of today. We have Ari Longview versus Mercer Island, and it was a fun one Friday night. I traveled three and a half hours to watch this game. Spencer Kornblum, seven touchdown passes, one rushing TD, 650 passing yards on the season, and now has a 69% completion rate. Off to a great start for him. Ryan Boyle, 120 receiving yards in this game and four touchdowns. What is that in fantasy, like 45 points? I don't know. 90-yard touchdown for him in, in one of the plays. Ilongo Tell also has two touchdowns as a wide receiver in this game, 92 receiving yards. And Luke Michael Buss, our fellow radio uh, broadcaster on the staff, 91 and a half yards rushing, two TDs, and on defense, 11 total tackles. So you love a guy who can do it on both sides of the ball. This is your CAMIH Sports Report. I am your host, Dylan Schaub. Back to you guys. Thank you, Dylan, for that. Dylan, we have a question for you. Yeah. Would you ever consider joining the football team? You're a pretty tall guy. A lot of people try to recruit me to the football team, but what happened? in light of their um, unsuccessful season, sometimes <laughs> I do not want to join the team. Selected. And also, I would not like to put my lacrosse uh, career in jeopardy of oh, possibly getting an injury. So it goes both ways. There's lots of things that go into that decision. 
but uh, I don't think football is for me. I like watching it on the sideline. It's okay. I can, Not I even can the sideline, the stands. I can take your spot. Yeah, yeah. We, you guys just talked about it. I think you're the you're the right candidate yeah. for the job. That's what I'm saying. That's, exactly. Yeah, in the same exact position where like we would definitely be an asset to the team, definitely help a lot. Of course. I've been but. keeping it on the DL, but like the school actually like I moved here in middle school and I actually moved here because they really wanted me on every single sports team mm, on yeah. Mercer Island. Did they send an email, right? They <laughs> No, they showed up to my house, dude. Oh. They showed up to my house and they were like, like Paige, you are so ripped and cool and awesome. Can you Please just, like, join every single sports team we have. And I said, you know, at first I said yes, but it just didn't end up working out. So now I'm, like, sitting on the sidelines because I want I want to give everyone else a chance. But you joined radio, you know? so that was yeah, the... Yeah, that is true. I mean, you let everybody have a chance to play. You, exactly. you don't want to be, like, the only person going exactly. to the whole thing. Exactly. Like, if, if it was just me, I'd win every game. So yeah. it's like, I want I want people like you, Joe, to have an opportunity. Thank you. I appreciate really that. You know, skills, so. I'm kind of bad, so I, I don't really play that much. I'm more of a... My my position's like LB. I'm on left bench, so I keep oh, the bench nice and warm. <laughs> I do a pretty good job at that. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad. Good okay. to hear, good to hear. Perf. <laughs> Except there, our football team also only has two teams, too, correct? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, a con- like, it, it's really about people's interest in, a like, a contact sport. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, most kids aren't really into that type of thing. It's not really a big thing anymore. It used to be, I mean, back when my mom went here, we had a freshman team, a sophomore team, JV and varsity. What? So we had four football teams. But Jeez. I mean, I, p- some people are just scared of getting concussions, which is is valid. That's true. That is actually a pretty big discussion in the news. I don't know. Every once in a while, when there's a, some sort of standardized test, it's a bit of a, a different. But um, uh, All the so football players are like <laughs> stupid. No, it's Whoa. about how a lot of parents are against football and want it to be not hosted as a sport anymore in schools. And I think that's always a random essay I'll read about in random standardized tests. I feel like that's low-key stupid, though, because every sport is dangerous if well, you think about it yeah but like, like wrestling I, I did wrestling, wrestling i did wrestling, yeah. wrestling last year easily one Can, of the I, most i've never about gotten a concussion in football and i'm like putting my head into tackles and stuff like that just to i mean that's how you have to hit somebody yeah but i got a concussion in wrestling just sparring yeah no, it's I, just so much more contact just body on body and just more impact to your head and stuff and like cauliflower ear too i feel like i see a oh, lot yeah. i hear a lot about that yeah no i, I saw it happen once it's like puffs up it's so weird it's, uh, you, you, because at one point it's, it's just fun. like punches. It's just, just hard con. It's like, and are there a lot of fouls that have been wrestling too? I feel not, not really. It's more like I mean, I last year my first year ever wrestling. I never wrestled before. I had to go against uh, an opponent named Ivan Salivary. His dad. Dude, you uh, are name dropping so much. Sorry, today. I, Ivan Salivary. Uh, you for, just did it again. Sorry, his his, his dad is like an ex UFC fighter. Oh. Um. So he he kind of grew up wrestling and fighting. So there. There's fouls, but you have to have a really good ref in order to call them. Oh. So he was throwing elbows. There's Ooh. stuff going on in there that isn't wrestling. It's more UFC and MMA, but mm-hmm. I definitely lost that one for sure. I got destroyed. Oh, wrestling, at least though, one thing that is a little bit better than football is where it is controlled, at least who you're fighting against. Of course, skill uh, level isn't as important, or skill level is the biggest difference in that, but by it's by weight, right? It, it is by weight, but you could, I mean, if I was 190 pounds and I went up against Gordon Gibson, he, he was a wrestler at the school. Dude, you, someone is going to clip this. I don't know if that's a thing. Someone's going to clip this and then edit your, you know, those AI robots that will like edit your voice. <laughs> yeah. They're going to like make an AI robot of you 
and it's just you gonna be like talking so much trash about all those names that you just dropped, and then you're gonna get canceled, and then you're never gonna go to college. And he wouldn't stay this freshman dude, year. There's you're no probably gonna get arrested. There's for no trash you can so talk. He wouldn't stay as a freshman. I mean, he's crazy good. My number one rule: I never name drop because I'm like, what if someday I'm innocent, but then there's a crime, and so there's something that links me to the crime. Then it's like I'm. They're gonna question about me, but that I'm person innocent. specifically. Exactly. But, but this is so this I is radio. We gotta have the the facts correct. The facts. You gotta have the facts. Gotta have the names. Gotta have the stats. <laughs> that oh is true. God. And I feel like being on radio too. Our voices could already easily be. Yeah. Downloaded I, to say whatever. <laughs> I mean, just from so last much audio year. Audio files of us. Yeah. Like my sports. I na- I was name dropping NFL players left and right in my okay, sports well, show. That's different. I'm saying it's like imagine if like someone went up to Gordon. That's his name. Yeah, Gordon. Gordon yeah. And they like name said drop. that. Clip. No, they like said that. They like showed what you said, and he 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 just said he won as a freshman. Maybe he gets like really mad. Maybe he's like, oh, I hate Joe for saying that. What if he's like self conscious about his win? <laughs> and so he, I, I he hears think, that and he's like, no. He's self conscious about his freshman year. I think he's. I think he was <laughs> very. Win. I think he was very very proud of his win. He's a very strong wrestler. Same with mm-hmm. like. The rest of the wrestling team. Do you want me to name drop? Uh, can you name drop the worst people? <laughs> the worst people <laughs> no, in the no, wrestling don't, team? Don't, 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 For sure, don't, Joe don't, Schleifer. Jo- oh, okay, actually, that's um, pretty facts. Yeah. That's, uh, that's but true. That's about it. Everybody's, everybody else has been wrestling their entire life. Mm, so. I think, yeah, wrestling is, again, one of those sports where it is just a lot of people who are doing it do... Club, is there club wrestling? I feel like a lot yeah. of people who... Oh, yeah, or just at least another form of, like, taekwondo or karate. Oh, the taekwondo. It is scary. The pipeline. The pipeline is scary is because scary these people are incredible. They, like, do flips. It's, like, <gasps> it's disgusting. That's Some so of the college wrestlers, like, backflip into the ring. <gasps> like, they'll do tricks where they jump over the guy and flip around Jeez. to get a point. It's... I mean, these guys are... They're pretty much acrobats at this point. <laughs> One thing that is interesting, our school did just upgrade significantly the weights room. Um, Joe, I'm I, I'm sure you guys for football are yes, in there pretty yeah. often. I've been in there a few times recently, and I feel it looks pretty similar to how it was before. Have you noticed this? Yeah. So so what's happening is we had to get so we got the funding for the floor, so we have a brand new floor in, oh, wow. and now we're gonna we already got the funding, but we have to wait till I think winter break is when they're planning to put in the oh, actual waiting. Okay, I was gonna say because it looks pretty similar to the old ones, and I was like, did we really spend? Because it was a lot of funding that went into it, and I was like, it looks pretty similar, but I guess that makes more sense. Yeah, it's the same machines. Yeah, the only only new thing in there is the floor. <laughs> okay, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, so we actually do, um, for our second hour of this 889 broadcast, we were going to play a few very special features, one of which being some of our award-winning podcasts. And what? I know, it's crazy. Sorry, so I'm the sound effect button. Oh, yeah, actually, we do need to add one of those as well. But... On that, back to the topic. We have a <laughs> Fremont Troll Bridge podcast, which we're going to be listening to shortly, which is a really interesting piece. So let's hear that now, and then we'll be right back after. In the 1980s, Fremont, an old Seattle neighborhood, had a problem. The Aurora Bridge had become a hidden dumping ground. The underside of the Aurora Bridge was just kind of full of mattresses and beer cans and crack pipes and the normal detritus you find anywhere under a bridge. In 1989, Seattle started the Neighborhood Matching Fund to help Seattle residents clean up their neighborhoods and replace the safe haven for drug activity with a troll. We talked to Steve Bedanes, the head designer for the Fremont Troll Project, to hear the story of the troll. I'm Kate Lennington. And I'm Ren Novak. Let's take a look. A grant given to the Fremont Art Council provided for Steve Bedanes and his team of other young artists to brainstorm a piece of artwork for the run-down undersides of the Aurora Bridge. 
you know, I got that idea came right away. I thought that old story of the troll under the bridge and yeah. the three billy goats gruff is just lodged into your brain from when you're a little kid. And so I thought, well, a troll would be good. And I went back and I talked to my students in the class. One of them had done a drawing of Chief Seattle climbing up out of the sewers to reclaim his city. And I said, maybe it should look something like that. Thus, the Fremont Troll was born, and simultaneously a slew of skeptics. Seattle PI said, look, this is what you get when you don't have professional artists. Do it. This is going to be really kitsch. It'll be an embarrassment to the city. I think the original idea was to build them out of wood. I think... You know, it would have been torched by now. But the community of Fremont backed the troll. We were trying to raise money, and the, the school bus would stop on the way to school, and the kids would hand money out the window. Over the next 30 years, this sculpture would become a Seattle staple, reviving a neighborhood and becoming the icon of Seattle art we know today. The Fremont Troll cemented itself as a Seattle landmark after being used as a backdrop for a scene in the 1999 classic movie, 10 Things I Hate About You. While the troll has previously helped cultivate young love that put its grand stature on the map, it also connected Seattle teenagers in ways no Seattle movies had done before. Now retired from its matchmaking career, the troll finds itself in skates. With our new NHL team, the Seattle Kraken, mascot list they began their first season, and while everyone expected the mascot to appear as a Kraken, we do things a little differently here. Because here comes Bowie the Sea Troll. This rambunctious mascot added to the greater Seattle troll community, a tribute to the cherished Fremont Troll. From neighborhood saving, acting, to skating, the Fremont Troll has done it all. This troll is more than a goat-scaring-under-the-bridge fear. It is a true part of culture and community connection, showing kindness to all that visit. struck a chord, and it still strikes a chord. You know, it's certainly one of the best things that I ever was involved in. It makes so many people happy. It was really worth building it. Wow. Have you guys ever seen the Fremont Troll? I have. It, it's pretty cool. It's it's big. It's... um. I mean, I thought it was going to be, when I saw, saw it as a kid, I thought it was going to be like alive, but um, <laughs> I was very disappointed. A bit of a letdown there. Uh, but. Man, it's, pretty, it's really, like, it's crazy how big it is and like how it was built like under a bridge and it's just there. Yeah. It, was it, is it carved out? I'm not even sure how they would get a thing like that in there. I think they like built a frame and then plastered and like did cement around it. I don't, there's like oh, a car yeah. in there too. They, like they got a mache? real troll. They got a real troll and then like cast a spell. To, yeah. 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 I think that, I think you're right. It's yeah. actually a series. And there's a lot of different looking trolls all around the United States or maybe just the West Coast. Yeah, no, also in like the Washington area there's a I think a new artist placing trolls all over like in national parks. Oh, really? Like Crystal Mountain posted like reposted it. It's uh like these big wooden trolls holding oh. on to trees. It's really cool that's looking. That's so sick, cool. actually. I can't Im- that's insane how such big art pieces are put in. It's just really interesting and fascinating. I really wonder about the Fremont Troll. And I, the, these ones were like put in. No one no one knew like oh, they were being put secret? in. Oh, it's a secret? They're no, a, like unknown artists? I think it's an anonymous <gasps> artist. Like oh, they, wow. they were put in and like I think maybe the artist alerted people like, hey, there's trolls here, but no one knew that they were b- being built. Like I didn't see anything about, oh, like art, mysterious artists building trolls in woods. I didn't see anything about it until I saw that there are just trolls around Washington. Everywhere. Which That's is pretty crazy. awesome. I can't imagine how it takes a lot of, I want to say integrity, maybe is the word, to be able to put in 
such an expensive, I want to say, piece and so much work and dedication and to do it anonymously. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's dedication right there. That You're is not, dedication to you the don't craft. Get, you don't get recognition for it. You don't get <laughs> money for it. You're just doing it to make a statement. And I mean, that's really what art is. And mm-hmm. obviously, these artists have a true passion for what they do because, <laughs> me, if I was doing art... I definitely want to get you know paid for it, and oh yeah, honestly, no That's one would true. pay me. They're for not it. getting paid either. The to put in maybe these, maybe, maybe yeah, they are. They're, they're probably like if they aren't getting paid, then it's like they're getting so much recognition. But it's yeah. anonymous. But they also could be like they probably have some insiders who might know who they are, so they're That's letting true. like select people or get access to them. They're or, building it up so when they do get the artist finally gets revealed, it's oh the Fremont. Yeah, Tro- I not like that'd be so awesome if it was a Fremont troll artist who did that. That'd <laughs> that be, would be crazy, comeback except, central. Except I feel like they are dead or something. Oh, the Fremont. How long has it been here? It's been. I don't know. I I don't know if they said that Let's in the podcast of how many years, but at least a few decades, or at least a decade. It's got to be more than a decade. For the Fremont troll, I guess we could bring in Kate and Asker as we do have award-winning podcast creators in here. I, I, I'm, I'm going to do a little quick research on it, see when see when it was built. And but. while you do that research, we are going to play a quick piece on Roman concrete, which is actually a really interesting topic, more on art. Um, and that is by Tully. So we're going to listen to that uh, right now, and then we're going to get back and figure out when the Fremont Troll was put up under the Fremont Bridge. Hello, and welcome to You Didn't Know This. I'm Tolly, and this is a segment on KMIH that will give you your daily dose of fun facts. Ancient Roman civilization is one of the best documented cultures of the ancient age. While the huge amount of art and knowledge housed in the ruins deserve an episode in and of itself, today I'm going to talk about the ruins themselves and what they're made out of. See, ancient Rome built many things out of concrete, of which they actually had a unique recipe. And this is one of the reasons that most of the ruins are still standing today. The concrete's mix of ash, lime clasts, which are basically rocks that contain many minerals, and general rubble from previously demolished buildings has actually been of interest to many from our time, as its durability is just really impressive. See, modern concrete, when it's exposed to seawater, will erode within a few decades, but Roman concrete is still standing. The reason behind this is the lime in the mix, which I mentioned earlier. Researchers from Harvard and MIT have actually concluded that when cracks form in the concrete, water would actually seep in, reacting with the limestone to create reactive calcium, which would then crystallize and seal the fissure. Essentially, not only is the cement resistant to salt water from the ash mix, but it's also self-healing. This is one of the reasons why these ruins are still standing. The researchers hope that with this knowledge, greenhouse gas emissions from the production of concrete, which take about 8% of global emissions, can be reduced. That's all for today. Till next time for a new fun fact, I hope you learned something about self-healing concrete, and stay tuned to 88.9 The Bridge. Very interesting. Um... On the topic again of art, Joe, did you figure out when the Fremont Troll was? I, I did. It was built in 1990, but I also found out who made the six Nordic Trolls <gasps> so who invaded the Northwest. Secret? It's not a secret anymore. I knew it. Uh, so it's made by a Denmark uh, artist from Denmark named Thomas Dambo, but he also had help from uh, members of the Duwamish tribes uh, oh, with wow. getting cedarwood and uh, whatnot. But there's one in Lincoln Park. Which I've been there before. I've never seen it, but huh. I'm sure it's like hidden. Yeah. But they they tend to be like by trees, touching trees, kind of in little clearings. That's so. Interesting. But they're really cool. They're massive. Like some are like sixteen, yeah. twenty feet. That's tall. actually so sick that they like collabed with 
a local tribe to do that yeah, as well. Yeah, the trees. Like, I feel like that's a good, like, homage to where we live. And, yeah. like, you know, it, Absolutely, it's a yeah. good, like, I just like that he didn't, I don't know, I like that he, like, used it as a way of uh, supporting the community. And, like, yeah, no, yeah. he, he uh, had help from uh, an artist from uh, the Muckleshoot uh, Native tribe called, his name's John Halliday. And uh, he provided extra embellishments of, like, cedar and abalone to help wow. build these, like, massive structures that kind of, like, engulf trees. Like, one's, like, holding up. I mean, these things are amazing. These are Yeah, I'm glad the artist crazy. got recognition as well, too. All right, guys, <laughs> this weekend we got to do a feature. We'll make a YouTube vid. Oh, us visiting vlog. every single tr- troll. We'll rate them. <laughs> we'll put up, we'll, we'll tier list them. That would be, the and... Yeah, honestly, KMIH field trip slash vlog. Real. That would be good. That's a slash, good idea. We should tell we, Joe about that. We should write that do down. It, write that down somewhere to have a oh, field trip. Oh, I know where to write it down. Maybe find him and interview him. I bet he's still making trolls. I hope so. That'd that's be kind of cool. That's a very niche specialty, if we I caught feel. him in the act yeah. of building a troll. <laughs> Inserting we his, like, to, Wait, guys, I feel like we can make a banger feature on this. We should. We Even should. though that's technically copying the feature that we like, it's just that, Yeah, to. which one did win a New York Times podcast, so... It could work. Could, it works. What works, works. featured on it. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe we just make a complete spin-off of this, of just the new, the yeah. weird ones. <laughs> Completely copy their entire brand. It could work. It could, it could. Maybe we could make some mini ones for the station out of paper mache. <gasps> Wait, we could do bridge, so mini bridge tolls for KMH 88 bridge. That would be so cute, baby. Oh my some God, new please. merchandise. But we are running a little bit out of time. But as we wrap it up, speaking of merchandise, we actually do have a shop on the website now where you can buy your very own KMH 89 The Bridge, Mercer Island merchandise. No. Way. Yep. If you go right to our Gotta website, mm-hmm, you go right to our website, uh, 889thebridge.com, there is a shop button, and you can conveniently click that and see all of our incredible merchandise. So maybe there'll be some new uh, New York Times podcast themed merch dropping soon. Ooh. Maybe some with the Fremont Trolls. Ew. <laughs> Snoqualmie Pass pictures on it. Who knows? But for now, this has been Sophie Cartwright, Paige Evans, and Joe Schleifer. Thank you so much for tuning in to KMIH Mercer Island, 889 The Bridge, on this fine morning. We hope you enjoyed your helping of Breakfast on the Bridge, brought to you by our KMIH staff and dedicated to the stories, lives, and people of the Mercer Island community. We hope your dinner was as good as your breakfast on the bridge, and thank you for listening.